Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Hello, everybody. Happy to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. Wendy Nix, Josina Anderson, Victor Cruz, Rob Ninkovich, Steve Young will join us shortly. Week three, it comes quick. It begins tonight. The Titans are on the road in Jacksonville to face a team that has made headlines off the field all week long. While the Jalen Ramsey trade watch continues yesterday, Jags head coach Doug Marone said Ramsey will play in tonight's game against the Titans. Marone was also asked about his relationship with his all-pro corner. Jalen and I have always had a, a good, open relationship where we've always been able to talk. And we sat down yesterday and we talked about, you know, what's going on as far as he and I. And, you know, it's like anything else in this profession. You know, it's, it's behind us now. Uh, his focus is on playing and being doing the best job for his teammates. Um, you know, my job is being able to do the best job for the team. So, you know, that's, that's behind us right now. Well, Josina, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how far we are past it. But anyway, there's a game tonight, and that certainly matters for both of these teams. Uh, what's the latest with regards to Jalen's future? Well, literally, is just talking to people around this situation within the last 10 minutes, and we all know that Jalen Ramsey is a hot topic because everyone's trying to figure out where he wants to go, especially when he's demanding a trade and wants out of Jacksonville. So literally within the last five minutes, I just tweeted that he is fine with playing tonight. Uh, but does not anticipate that he will be a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars by next Sunday because obviously he cannot play two games in a week per NFL rules. My understanding in terms of the uh, teams that have made substantive inquiries for Jalen Ramsey include Baltimore, include the Chiefs, uh, Eagles, include Minnesota, Seattle, and Oakland, but also that at least every team in the NFL outside of obviously Jacksonville have at least placed the call. There's not a team that wouldn't want somebody who's probably considered a top 10 player in this league and a top corner in this league. Um, when you look at two of the uh, teams that I mentioned within that top six, the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, those are teams that have allowed the most passing yards within the last two years since 2018 and certainly could be a final piece when you're talking about, you you know, going to the postseason and doing beyond and anchoring that secondary. So there's been some discussion about this. You know, we're two games in. Confrontations, as you both know, perhaps get overblown, but in fact happen on every sideline probably every week. Are we, are we, are they moving on too quickly? Is everybody overreacting? Or is this a situation that simply has no other resolution? No, I think it's up to Jalen Ramsey. I think he's made a decision in his mind on what he wants to do and how he wants to move forward with his career. And I think he's... You know, if we know Jalen Ramsey stands by his word, right? He, when, when he says something about how he feels about whether it's about his play, whether it's about another player, whether it's, whether it's about his own respective situation, you take him for his word and you take it as the truth. And I do believe that he'll be on a different team come next week and that this whole situation isn't resolved with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Marone. And that he'll be dealed and figure, and he'll have to figure it out elsewhere. Yeah, those were interesting words that has been resolved because I think we can probably all agree that no, in fact, it hasn't. Especially if if, if trade <laughs> is the ultimate resolution, exactly. then then it's not over yet. It's hard for me. To, I, I mean, 
when I'm listening to this, I just want to like just say, what, what's going on? Like, it's two weeks into the season, and I know you've been in a situation. I know I have. When you're playing football, there's always going to be heated exchanges with a coach because they expect you to do one thing, and, and you're playing, and you're doing your best, and you're trying to do exactly what they want you to do. But guess what? You don't put your hands on a coach. You don't instantly say, I want to be traded, because it sends a message to everybody else in the locker room that's lining up next to you that you don't want to be there. So it would be hard for me to go play tonight with a guy that already says, look, yeah, I'll play tonight, but probably won't be here next week. And look, when you get traded, it's not easy for you to go to a new place, learn a defense, live in an apartment for months, and just say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in here and I'm just going to be a key piece to you if you're a winning team. And you can go somewhere else and lose, too. No one's going to say he's going to go to a team and they're going to win. So, you know, for me, it's hard to just digest the whole process of, look, Everyone has a platform now. You have cell phones. You can say, I want to be traded instantly. And you know who's running that, the Jaguars up at the top. You know who's running mm-hmm. that right now. Very well. And he's old school, Coughlin. He's not going to say, okay, I'll put up with this. And he can't say, be happy right now. He can't See you later. Well, a couple things. If Jalen was definitely 100% selfish, he could not play tonight at all and just be protecting his self-interest by protecting his body. So that's not, you know, clearly the case if he's going to, you know, yeah. play tonight. I do like the fact that he is playing. It shows that even though there may be some differences within the organization, he's still there for his team. I would so agree I with that. Important. And I want to clarify he's that play. he's willing to play. You know, anything could happen right. in terms of getting snatched. He's got to play. Right? He's, he's got to play. He's, 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 he's definitely he'll, willing he'll risk to play. The fun. Yes. Although we could we could certainly see a scratch as we get mm-hmm. close to game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, Steve Young joins us. And, Steve, we're seeing uh, some NBA-like type behavior with some of these NFL players, uh, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. What do you think? Well, first of all, I mean, Rob and Victor, don't, they were too young. But in 1987, <laughs> we struck – the whole league went out and with a picket sign, and I watched the 49ers run the wishbone with the strike players, and it was all about player mobility, and it was free agency, and we wanted that. And, uh, and free, uh, player mobility is good. It's good for the game. It forces bad teams to get better and compete, and uh, it gives people choices. That's a positive thing. Uh, and so I think that my comment the other day about the NBA and, and, and the NFL is that, you know, it's happening. Players are kind of chipping away at the antitrust exemption that the that Congress gave the NFL to have a draft. And they're chipping away at it by, by responding like Jalen Ramsey. Look, I'm tired of this place. I want to go somewhere else. And it's forcing, and they're actually forcing function some of this. And my, my, my comments are cautionary to the league. Get in front of it with the CBA and put more mobility into the contracts so that they can actually have more choice. I know it's scary. I know it's counterintuitive. What you want to do is control. But th- it's happening. And it's happening everywhere you're seeing players, their desire more mobility, give it to them because it's better for the game. Well, it's interesting, Steve, and someone made that point yesterday, and it really is true. The, the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, we're not going to turn the page exactly. in the opposite direction. Like get, in front of it. get in front of it and make it so that it's more constructive. The problem is if they try to tamp it down and the owners get together and say, you know, we'll collude. We'll, I'm not collusion. That'd be if people freak out. But just, you know, they talk amongst <laughs> each other. How do, we, how do we slow this down? How do we keep this from happening? And it's ha- that's my point. It's happening. It's, you're right. So, Wendy, it's perfect. The genie is out of the bottle. It's happening. Now with the new CBA, make it a part. And the, and the Players Association would love more mobility. Give it to them and figure out that the bad teams, the bad owners, the bad coaches are going to get weeded out because they, they, they got to compete. You got to compete for players. And, you know, the tougher cities, they're going to have to compete. And you've seen that in the NBA, you know, there's, you know, people, that's what's happening. They compete. And, and uh, I, I think that's a good thing for everybody. Well, it really does make it a more f- uh, fair market approach in a sense. Uh, but let me ask the two of you this. 
you know, we, we still have to there. There probably ought to be some set of uh, I don't know if etiquette's the right word. There's still a way to go about things, I would think. And as a player, what's your advice on guys who are in situations they find untenable and want to force some change? What's well, the best way to do it? Well, obviously, you know, obviously with Jalen Ramsey coming off a blow up on the sideline with your head coach and then requesting a trade after that probably isn't the route that you want to take. Um, but I think if you do want to do this and you are on a team, you go upstairs to your front office, you go to your GM or your coach, and you explain to them how you feel. You explain to them your emotions, how you want to be on a competitive team or whatever your feelings are. I think you just have a conversation as a man and then let them make the decision after that, after you have that conversation. Uh, but I think that's the right way to do it. It's to be upfront, be transparent. You know, obviously in this league, everything's out in front of you. Everything's out for people to see with social media and things like that. Everything's out here. So you have to be the same way. You have to go upstairs and be transparent and understand who you are and, and, and let the GM and let the owners make the decision. I think transparent really is the key word there as we take a look at the Modelo gold standard stat. There is no disputing Jalen Ramsey's value. No cornerback has been the nearest defender in coverage more than Ramsey since 2016. This is according to NFL Next Gen Stats. Despite that, he still ranks among the elite in completion percentage and yards per attempt allowed. Another of our top stories this afternoon, Coach Sean Payton declined to name a starter for the Saints' first game without Drew Brees on Sunday. They play the Seahawks. Instead, he said, we'll approach this game with two quarterbacks in veteran Teddy Bridgewater and dual-threat athlete Taysom Hill. Brees had surgery on his right throwing thumb on Wednesday. And we say hello now to our ESPN Saints reporter Mike Triplett in Seattle, where, of course, the Saints are practicing in advance of Sunday's game against the Seahawks. What's been the team response to the challenge of losing their quarterback, Mike, and also replacing him with not one but two? Yeah, well... I- I, as much as we can tell from, you know, the, the face they're putting on for us when we were in the locker room yesterday, it's sort of a bring-it-on mentality. You know, Craig Robertson was quick to point out this team is used to adversity. We were talking about their playoff losses to the Rams and the Vikings the last couple of years. Alvin Kamara was asked if Super Bowl is still the expectation. He goes, I still got a fleur-de-lis on my helmet, don't I? And he also pointed out that he has a photographic memory, and he's going to remember all the people that are doubting them. But one thing I thought was really interesting is how many players told me that Sean Payton is setting that tone. I would say, you know, Drew's Drew's been the heart and soul, as I mentioned earlier, but Coach Payton is the leader of this team. And I will tell you from the day that we arrived here till now, like his spirits have been really positive, really good. And that, you know, energy and, and uh, his positivity throughout the week is, has been something that we've all felt. And, uh, you know, I know that I've certainly appreciated It's hard to believe that Sean Payton has never actually won a football game without Drew Brees as his starting quarterback. But look, the timing was impeccable. The Saints just signed him to a five-year contract extension uh, before Sunday's game because they know he's the perfect guy to lead them through a situation like this. Obviously, the creative game planning. Can't wait to see what he does with both Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, but also his bravado. You know, players to a man were saying, you know, he probably relishes this opportunity to prove a lot of doubters wrong and to prove this team can win even when people don't think they can. As Cam Jordan told me, he goes, he's maybe overly enthused for this opportunity. Mike, thank you. That makes sense. The Saints will have two very different options at quarterback on Sunday, whereas Teddy Bridgewater has been more of a pocket passer with the Saints. Taysom Hill has only seven career pass attempts, but has rushed for over 200 yards on 39 attempts. 
There are currently nine teams that sit 2-0. I mean, 0-2, excuse me. Total difference. That is bad news for hopes of the playoffs. Since the current playoff format in 1990, only 30 teams have started 0-2 to rebound and see the postseason. That's just over 12% if you're doing the math. But there is good news. Not all hope is lost. Glass half full. Each of the last six seasons, there's been at least one team to bounce back from the 0-2 start to reach the postseason. Last year, both the Seahawks and the Texans pulled that off. Speaking of 0-2 teams, Minka Fitzpatrick was traded by the winless Dolphins to the winless Steelers. Fitzpatrick has already been on the practice field with his new team and was asked about his mindset as he goes from Miami to the Steel City. I've only been here a little bit over 24 hours, so I can't say too much. But, um, you know, like I said, just the, the overall culture of the Pittsburgh and the history of, uh, of Pittsburgh uh, is a winning culture. It's a winning team. Uh, it's a team that focuses on, you know, being tough, physical, and uh, just going out there and dominating their opponents. So, you know, just because we're 0-2 right now doesn't mean we can't turn it around. Well, there you have it. Minka Fitzpatrick still thinks their hope. And, and look, as I mentioned, uh, each of the last six seasons, somebody who started, at least one team that started 0-2 has seen the postseason, has made it to the playoffs. So our exercise here today is to look at these nine 0-2 teams and come up with our best guess as to who might turn things around. All right, who's up? For, who we got first? JoJo? Okay, so I was looking at all of these teams, and I was taking into consideration what division is the team in. Oh, yes, I do need your help. Okay, because of the nail, nail can. I was looking at what division is the team in. I was also looking at the quarterback situation. I was also looking at the schedule. And with all of that considered, I went with... The Carolina well, yeah, Panthers. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Vanna White uh, broke right there. Okay, so I'm going with the Carolina Panthers because if Cam Newton can come back, so my pick is with the asterisk, okay? Uh, well, I mean, well, he's not he's most likely Finish not going to play ball. this weekend. But he has if he not can practiced back, this week, Joe Cena. Right, we but if he, if he can, today either. absolutely. So if he can come back, I'm, I'm, I'm liking their situation the best. Because if you look at some of these other teams, the NFC East is still hard to come out of. You know, the AFC East or what have you. But when you talk about it, AFC South, excuse me, the uh, South. NFC South without uh, Drew Brees playing for the Saints, looking at the Bucks is a little bit easier route. And then you look at their schedule against Arizona, Houston, Jacksonville, Tampa, Green Bay, Atlanta. I think that their route is a little bit easier. Oh, we got two Josinas now. We can't. Oh, we. <laughs> Listen, that is double trouble right there. Not one, but two. Rob Dinkovich, who you got? Okay, well, of all these teams, I actually think none of them are going to make the playoffs. But that was not the choice. Select a team. So, okay, let me select a team. Yeah. Um, let's go with oh, Cincinnati, maybe. Uh, I can go this side. I can yeah, go this yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go with my big chubby face when I was a, I'll, I'll make it small. I'll make it small. Aww. Oh, no, so, you know, they're actually second in the league in passing, but last, dead last in running the football. So if they can get Joe Mixon in the mix a little bit and that offensive line can run the ball a little bit better, have a, not be so one-dimensional, they might have a chance. <laughs> They might have a chance. You've been, you've been on this Bengals bandwagon for a little bit now, a couple no, weeks now. Yeah, I, mean, I was, and I've been disappointed. So okay. hopefully, <laughs> maybe okay. they can get turn. Okay. I didn't okay. expect okay. them to be 0-2. I really didn't. But one team in that division that's good. One team. Yeah. All right, okay. for me, Victor, I love, one team is good. I love you guys' what? picks. You, Wait a minute. Ravens and the Brad, Obviously, it's difficult. That's the one team. For an 0-2 team to make it to the playoffs. Some teams have done it. Others haven't. But I'm going with a guy. Wendy, I almost used your face, but I'm 
I'm not going to. Yeah, use no, that. you better not, because we're not using that. I'm today. going with oh my God. a guy that has a veteran quarterback, a defense that understands how to get to the quarterback and disrupt plays, disrupt the quarterback, disrupt timing. That's the team that I'm going with. Defense wins championships. Defense wins games. And they have a veteran quarterback that has been through things and understands how to get his team off the hump, off the snide, win football games. I think Joe Flacco can do that. And I think that defense will be ready for the uh, AFC West. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. uh, Philip Rivers, you heard of them? Little Tucker. Yeah. Oh, okay. didn't, didn't do so hot last week. Didn't do so hot last week. Wait, I'm doing oh, it. Well, it's a nightmare now. It's a hundred. All right, listen. I, I, all right, all right. I don't think the Broncos are the worst choice. I don't. And I will say that. No, we're not using this. Wait, what are you no, doing? You're good. You're good. I'm putting jokes. Okay, put jokes because we're not using mine. I'm just going to talk, okay? Uh, here's the deal. I just have to go with a team that's proven they can do it, and that's the Steelers. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I understand Big Ben's out. Um, oh, yeah. no. I understand that Ben Roethlisberger is out, but I am not sure, uh, as I stand in front of my picture here. I'll make it uh, small. That, yeah, you can make it really small. That Mason Rudolph doesn't there. have a future there. I think the Steelers believe. I didn't make it bigger. I didn't make it you guys. I think the Steelers believe in what he can do. I believe that's why they drafted him. If you don't, if you recall, Ben Roethlisberger got his feathers all yeah, ruffled he after like he uh, after he was drafted. Thanks I think Connor James Conner getting mixed up. I don't know. I, 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 I want to be a running back. Never <laughs> had a losing season. They have a coach and a Stick squad that has the talent Stick with your girl. Uh, to do it. So that, that's what I say. And I was not solid. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Listen, all of them have a tough road to hoe. We'll see. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Everybody, happy to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. Wendy Nix, Josina Anderson, Victor Cruz, Rob Ninkovich, Steve Young will join us shortly. Week three, it comes quick. It begins tonight. The Titans are on the road in Jacksonville to face a team that has made headlines off the field all week long. While the Jalen Ramsey trade watch continues yesterday, Jags head coach Doug Marone said Ramsey will play in tonight's game against the Titans. Marone was also asked about his relationship with his all-pro corner. Jalen and I have always had a, a good, open relationship where we've always been able to talk. And we sat down yesterday and we talked about, you know, what's going on as far as he and I. And, you know, it's like anything else in this profession. You know, it's, it's behind us now. Uh, his focus is on playing and being doing the best job for his teammates. Um, you know, my job is being able to do the best job for the team. So, you know, that's Well, Josina, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how far we are past it. But anyway, there's a game tonight, and that certainly matters for both of these teams. Uh, what's the latest with regards to Jalen's future? Well, literally, it's just talking to people around this situation within the last 10 minutes. And we all know that Jalen Ramsey is a hot topic because everyone's trying to figure out where he wants to go, especially when he's demanding a trade and wants out of Jacksonville. So literally within the last five minutes, I just tweeted that he is fine with playing tonight. Uh, but does not anticipate that he will be a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars by next Sunday because obviously he cannot play two games in a week per NFL rules. My understanding in terms of the uh, teams that have made substantive inquiries for Jalen Ramsey include Baltimore, include the Chiefs, 
uh, Eagles include Minnesota, Seattle, and Oakland, but also that at least every team in the NFL outside of obviously Jacksonville have at least placed the call. There's not a team that wouldn't want somebody who's probably considered a top 10 player in this league and a top corner in this league. Um, when you look at two of the uh, teams that I mentioned within that top six, the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, those are teams that have allowed the most passing yards within the last two years since 2018 and certainly could be a final piece when you're talking about, you know, going to the postseason and doing beyond and anchoring that secondary. So there's been some discussion about this. You know, we're two games in. Confrontations, as you both know, perhaps get overblown, but in fact happen on every sideline probably every week. Are we are we are they moving on too quickly? Is everybody overreacting or is this a situation that simply has no other resolution? No, I think it's up to Jalen Ramsey. I think he's made a decision in his mind on what he wants to do and how he wants to move forward with his career. And I think he's you know, if we know Jalen Ramsey stands by his word, right? He, when, when he says something about how he feels about whether it's about his play, whether it's about another player, whether it's, whether it's about his own respective situation, you take him for his word and you take it as the truth. And I do believe that he'll be on a different team come next week and that this whole situation isn't resolved with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Marone and that he'll be dealed and figure, and he'll have to figure it out elsewhere. Yeah, those were interesting words that has been resolved because I think we can probably all agree that, no, in fact, it hasn't, especially if, if, if trade <laughs> is the ultimate resolution, exactly. then, then it's not over yet. It's hard for me. To, I mean, when I'm listening to this, I just want to, like, just say, what, what's going on? Like, it's two weeks into the season, and I know you've been in a situation. Mm-hmm. I know I have. When you're playing football, there's always going to be heated exchanges with a coach because they expect you to do one thing and, and you're playing and you're doing your best and you're trying to do exactly what they want you to do. But guess what? You don't put your hands on a coach. You don't instantly say, I want to be traded because it sends a message to everybody else in the locker room that's lining up next to you that you don't want to be there. So it would be hard for me to go play tonight with a guy that already says, look, yeah, I'll play tonight, but probably won't be here next week. And look, when you get traded, it's not easy for you to go to a new place, learn a defense, live in an apartment for months, and just say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in here and I'm just going to be a key piece to you if you're a winning team. And you can go somewhere else and lose, too. No one's going to say he's going to go to a team and they're going to win. So, you know, for me, it's hard to just digest the whole process of, look, everyone has a platform now. You have cell phones. You can say, I want to be traded instantly. And you know who's running that, the Jaguars up at the top. You know who's running mm-hmm. that right now. Mm-hmm. Very well. And he's old school, Coughlin. He's not going to say, okay, I'll put up with this. And he can't say, be happy right now. He can't See you later. Happy. Well, a couple things. If Jalen was definitely 100% selfish, he could not play tonight at all and just be protecting his self-interest by protecting his body. So that's not, you know, clearly the case if he's going to, you know, yeah. play tonight. I do like the fact that he is playing. It shows that even though there may be some differences within the organization, he's still there for his team. I would so agree I with that. Important. And I want to clarify he's that play. he's willing to play. You know, anything could happen right. in terms of getting snatched up. Right? He's, he's got to play. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's definitely he'll, willing he'll to play. Yes. Although we could, we could certainly see a scratch as we get close to game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, Steve Young joins us. And, Steve, we're seeing – uh, some NBA-like type behavior with some of these NFL players, uh, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. What do you think? Well, first of all, I mean, Rob and Victor, don't, they were too young, but in 1987, we struck. The whole league went out with a picket sign, and I watched the 49ers run the wishbone with the strike players, and it was all about player mobility, and it was free agency, and we wanted that. And, uh, and free, uh, player mobility is good. It's good for the game. It forces bad teams to get better and compete. And uh, it gives people choices. That's a positive thing. Uh, and so I think that my comment the other day about the NBA and, and, and the NFL is that, you know, it's happening. 
players are kind of chipping away at the antitrust exemption that the, the Congress gave the NFL to have a draft. And they're chipping away at it by, by responding like Jalen Ramsey. Look, I'm tired of this place. I want to go somewhere else. And it's forcing, and they're actually forcing function some of this. And my, my, my comments are cautionary to the league. Get in front of it with the CBA and put more mobility into the contracts so that they can actually have more choice. I know it's scary. I know it's counterintuitive. What you want to do is control. But th- it's happening. And it's happening everywhere you're seeing players, that w- their desire more mobility. Give it to them because it's better for the game. Well, it's interesting, Steve, and someone made that point yesterday, and it really is true. The, the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, we're not going to turn the page exactly. in the opposite direction. Like get, in front of it. get in front of it and make it so that it's more constructive. The problem is if they try to tamp it down and the owners get together and say, you know, we'll collude. We'll, I'm not collusion. That'd be if people freak out. But just, you know, they talk amongst <laughs> each other. How do, we, how do we slow this down? How do we keep this from happening? And it's ha- that's my point. It's happening. It's, you're right. So, Wendy, it's perfect. The genie is out of the bottle. It's happening. Now with the new CBA, make it a part. And the, and the Players Association would love more mobility. Give it to them and figure out that the bad teams, the bad owners, the bad coaches are going to get weeded out because they, they, they got to compete. You got to compete for players. And, you know, the tougher cities, they're going to have to compete. And you've seen that in the NBA, you know, there's, you know, people, that's what's happening. They compete. And, and uh, I, I think that's a good thing for everybody. Well, it really does make it a more f- uh, fair market approach in a sense. Uh, but let me ask the two of you this. You know, we, we still have to, there, there probably ought to be some set of, uh, I don't know if etiquette's the right word. There's still a way to go about things, I would think. And as a player, what's your advice on guys who are in situations they find untenable and want to force some change? What's the best way to do it? Well, obviously, you know, obviously with Jalen Ramsey coming off a blow up on the sideline with your head coach and then requesting a trade after that probably isn't the route that you want to take. Um, But I think if you do want to do this and you are on a team, you go upstairs to your front office, you go to your GM or your coach and you explain to them how you feel. You explain to them your emotions, how you want to be on a competitive team or whatever your feelings are. I think you just have a conversation as a man and then let them make the decision after that, after you have that conversation. Uh, but I think that's the right way to do it. It's to be upfront, be transparent. You know, obviously in this league, everything's out in front of you. Everything's out for people to see with social media and things like that. Everything's out here. So you have to be the same way. You have to go upstairs and be transparent and understand who you are and, and, and let the GM and let the owners make the decision. I think transparent really is the key word there as we take a look at the Modelo gold standard stat. There is no disputing Jalen Ramsey's value, no cornerback, has been the nearest defender in coverage more than Ramsey since 2016. This is according to NFL Next Gen Stats. Despite that, he still ranks among the elite in completion percentage and yards per attempt allowed. Another of our top stories this afternoon, Coach Sean Payton declined to name a starter for the Saints' first game without Drew Brees on Sunday. They play the Seahawks. Instead, he said, we'll approach this game with two quarterbacks in veteran Teddy Bridgewater and dual-threat athlete Taysom Hill. Breeze had surgery on his right throwing thumb on Wednesday. And we say hello now to our ESPN Saints reporter Mike Triplett in Seattle, where, of course, the Saints are practicing in advance of Sunday's game against the Seahawks. What's been the team response to the challenge of losing their quarterback, Mike, and also replacing him with not one but two? Yeah, well... 
I, as much as we can tell from, you know, the, the face they're putting on for us when we were in the locker room yesterday, it's sort of a bring-it-on mentality. You know, Craig Robertson was quick to point out this team is used to adversity. We were talking about their playoff losses to the Rams and the Vikings the last couple of years. Alvin Kamara was asked if Super Bowl is still the expectation. He goes, I still got a fleur-de-lis on my helmet, don't I? And he also pointed out that he has a photographic memory and he's going to remember all the people that are doubting them. But one thing I thought was really interesting is how many players told me that Sean Payton is setting that tone. I would say, you know, Drew's Drew's been the heart and soul, as I mentioned earlier, but Coach Payton is the leader of this team. And I will tell you from the day that we arrived here till now, like his spirits have been really positive, really good. And that, you know, energy and, and uh, his positivity throughout the week is, has been something that we've all felt. And, uh, you know, I know that I've certainly appreciated it's hard to believe that Sean Payton has never actually won a football game without Drew Brees as his starting quarterback. But look, the timing is impeccable. The Saints just signed him to a five-year contract extension uh, before Sunday's game because they know he's the perfect guy to lead them through a situation like this. Obviously, the creative game planning. Can't wait to see what he does with both Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, but also his bravado. You know, players to a man were saying, you know, he probably relishes this opportunity to prove a lot of doubters wrong and to prove this team can win even when people don't think they can. As Cam Jordan told me, he goes, he's maybe overly enthused for this opportunity. Mike, thank you. That makes sense. The Saints will have two very different options at quarterback on Sunday, whereas Teddy Bridgewater has been more of a pocket passer with the Saints. Taysom Hill has only seven career pass attempts, but has rushed for over 200 yards on 39 attempts. There are currently nine teams that sit 2-0. and oh, I mean, 0-2, oh excuse me. Total difference. That is bad news for hopes of the playoffs. Since the current playoff format in 1990, only 30 teams have started 0-2 oh to rebound and see the postseason. That's just over 12% if you're doing the math. But there is good news. Not all hope is lost. Glass half full. Each of the last six seasons, there's been at least one team to bounce back. From the 0-2 start to reach the postseason last year, both the Seahawks and the Texans pulled that off. Speaking of 0-2 teams, Minka Fitzpatrick was traded by the winless Dolphins to the winless Steelers. Fitzpatrick has already been on the practice field with his new team and was asked about his mindset as he goes from Miami to the Steel City. I've only been here a little bit over 24 hours, so I can't say too much. But, um, you know, like I said, just the, the overall culture of the Pittsburgh and the history uh, of Pittsburgh uh, is a winning culture. It's a winning team. Uh, it's a team that focuses on, you know, being tough, physical, and uh, just going out there and dominating their opponents. So, you know, just because we're 0-2 right now doesn't mean you can't turn it around. Well, there you have it. Minka Fitzpatrick still thinks they're hope. And, and look, as I mentioned, uh, each of the last six seasons, somebody who started, at least one team that started 0-2 has seen the postseason, has made it to the playoffs. So our exercise here today is to look at these nine 0-2 teams and come up with our best guess as to who might turn things around. All right, who's up? For, who we got first? JoJo? Okay, so I was looking at all of these teams and I was taking into consideration what division is the team in. Oh, yes, I do need nails. your help. Okay, because of the nail, nail can. I was looking at what division is the team in. I was also looking at the quarterback situation. I was also looking at the schedule. And with all of that considered, I went with the Carolina well, Panthers. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Vanna White uh, broke right there. Okay, so I'm going with the Carolina Panthers because if – 
Cam Newton can come back, so my pick is with the asterisk, okay? Uh, well, I mean, well, he's most likely Finish not going to play call. this weekend. But he has if he not can practiced come back, this week, Joe. Right, but that. if he, if he can, today either. absolutely. So if he can come back, I'm, I'm, I'm liking their situation the best because if you look at some of these other teams, the NFC East is still hard to come out of. You know, the AFC East or what have you. But when you talk about it, AFC South, excuse me, the uh, NFC, South. NFC South without uh, Drew Brees playing for the Saints, looking at the Bucks is a little bit easier route. And then you look at their schedule against Arizona, Houston, Jacksonville, Tampa, Green Bay, Atlanta. I, I think that their route is a little bit easier. Well, we got two Josinas now. We can't. Oh, we <laughs> Listen, that is double trouble right there. Not one, but two. Rob Dinkovich, who you got? Okay, well, of all these teams, I actually think none of them are going to make the playoffs. But they're making me choice. select a team. So, okay, let me select a team. Yeah. Um, let's go with uh, Cincinnati, maybe. Uh, I can go this side. Oh, yeah, I can go this yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me go with my big chubby face when I was a I'll, I'll make it small. I'll make Aww. it small. Oh, no, no. So, you know, they're actually second in the league in passing, but last, dead last in running the football. So if they can get Joe Mixon in the mix a little bit and that offensive line can run the ball a little bit better, have a, not be so one-dimensional, they might have a chance. <laughs> They might have a chance. You've been, you've been but on the Bengals bandwagon for a little bit now, a couple no, weeks now. I, yeah, I was, and I've been disappointed. So okay. hopefully, <laughs> maybe okay. they can turn around. Okay. I didn't expect them to be over you. I really didn't. But you know, they the got one AFC team, North, one you know? team in that oh. division that's good. One team. Yeah. All right, okay. for me, Victor, I love one team is good. I love you guys. What? Picks. Wait a minute, Ravens and the Broncos. Obviously, it's difficult. That's the one team for an 0-2 team to make it to the playoffs. Some teams have done it. Others haven't, but I'm going with a guy. Wendy, I almost used your face, but I'm, I'm not going to use Yeah, no, it. you better not because we're not using that I'm today. going with oh my God. a guy that has a veteran quarterback, a defense that understands how to get to the quarterback and disrupt plays, disrupt the quarterback, disrupt timing. That's the team that I'm going with. Defense wins championships. Defense wins games. And they have a veteran quarterback that has been through things and understands how to get his team off the hump, off the snide, win football games. I think Joe Flacco can do that. And I think that defense will be ready for the uh, AFC West. Flacco. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers. You heard of them? Lil Tucker. Yeah. Okay. They didn't do so hot last week. They didn't do so hot last week. Wait, I'm oh, going to have well, a nightmare now. There's a hundred of them. All right, listen. I, I, all right, all right. I don't think... The Broncos are the worst choice. I don't. And I will say that. No, we're not using this. No, Wait, no, what are you doing? No, you're good. You're good. I'm putting jokes. Okay, put jokes because we're not using mine. I'm just going to talk, okay? Uh, here's the deal. I just have to go with a team that's proven they can do it, and that's the Steelers. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I understand Big Ben's out. Um, oh, yeah. no. I understand that Ben Roethlisberger is out, but I am not sure. Uh, as I stand in front of my picture here, I'll make it small. Uh, that, yeah, you can make it really small. small. That, small. that Mason Rudolph doesn't have there. a future there. I think the Steelers believe. Okay, stop it, you guys. <laughs> I, I think the Steelers believe in what he can do. I believe that's why they drafted him. If you don't, if you recall, Ben Roethlisberger got his feathers all yeah, ruffled he after like he uh, after he was drafted. James I think Connor's James Conner nicked up. I don't know. I, 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 I be a never had a losing season. They have a coach and a Stick squad that has the talent with your girl. Uh, to do it. So that, that's what I say, and I was not Solid consulted. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Listen, all of them have a tough road to hoe. We'll see. We'll do on NFL Live from the Athletics, Joe Person. Again, a reminder, Cam Newton has not practiced this week. Ron Rivera took seven questions, five related to Cam. He walked out after the fifth saying, calmly, I just asked you to ask me questions about somebody else. I'm not going to do this anymore, okay? I told you I won't know anything until tomorrow. He spoke for less than three minutes. So, you know, 
When you're dealing with a backup quarterback, it can be testy. Kyle Allen could be the fifth backup quarterback to start this Sunday. We already know Mason Rudolph, Daniel Jones, and Luke Falk are all set to make their first career starts. None of these guys are getting eased in either, as all five teams are on the road. We are joined now. There's a camera by Matthew Barry, Steve Young with us. Uh, we'll talk fantasy in just a minute. But first, Steve, if you look at these replacements, the replacements, we'll call them, who's got the best shot here? Oh, there's no question. Teddy Bridgewater's played, he's had 29 starts. He's 17 and 12. So he's been in the, you know, he's been in the heat. He knows how to do it. And then you add Taysom Hill. I think that's why Sean Payton's being kind of cagey. He's trying to figure out how to make it productive where he can use them both and how to do that and how to talk about each other and who starts. But I think the combination of those two guys is clearly, the, you know, right now, the best option of any of the replacements right now. Okay, and the, the obvious fantasy question is here, which of, which of these quarterbacks, Matthew, has the most potential given their matchups? Yeah, you know what, I mean, I, I, would, I would have to say that for the rest of the season, I don't know if any of these guys are starting fantasy quarterbacks, but I do think Daniel Jones could have a little bit of value because of the rushing, believe it or not. He ran a lot at Duke more than people think. But I give me Mason Rudolph, who's been in that system before, right? Oh, it's the run-heaviest, I mean, it's the pass-heaviest team in the Allen. NFL last year. Uh-huh. And then they also, uh, they passed, obviously, a lot the first, the first two weeks. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got a strong run game. Vance McDonald, James Washington, his college-wide receivers there. There's a connection there. So I believe Mason Rudolph, given the offense, his ability, and how they're going to play the talent around him, probably has the best fantasy chance at success of the replacement quarterbacks you see. Although I will say, like, again, Daniel Jones is going to run some, and Kyle Allen is better than people think. Watch him have a good game against Arizona. Again, that's for Carolina. Cam not officially ruled out, but I think at this point, having not practiced all week, it is highly likely. It's looking that way. It is looking like. It's trending that way. It's trending in that direction. All right, let's trend towards love-hate, shall we? Sure. And let's start with, what, running back? Is that where we're starting? Why not? Okay. Well, we start, we, uh, we start about David Montgomery playing my Redskins on Monday night. Unfortunately, Washington has really struggled, allowing 5.17 yards per carry against this season. Montgomery, 72% of the Bears running back carries last week. He had five gold to carries this season. That's tied for most in the NFL. A lot of them, as you see here on your screen right there. So David Montgomery, I think, has a big game on Monday night. All right, a pass catcher. Uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay, KG, right? Over his past four games, almost a 30% target share since the beginning of last year. The Eagles have allowed the third most deep completions. Look, they've allowed over 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in both games so far this season. How do you beat Philadelphia? You can't run them. you got to attack that secondary, and that's what Matthew Stafford's going to do with Kenny Galladay, who I have as a top-12 play this week. Finally, a signal caller. Oh, I like this one. Josh Allen available in more than 50% of ESPN League, so if you lost Ben, you lost Breeze, you lost Cam, you're looking for a replacement. How about Josh Allen going against the Bengals that have allowed 11 yards per attempt this season, that second most in the NFL. We know Josh Allen loves to throw deep, especially to John Brown. And again, six rushing touchdowns in his six games as you see him get into the end zone right here. That rushing floor keeps his fantasy value high. The surprise 2-0 Buffalo Bills, I might add. Who knew? Absolutely, playing good ball. All right, the other side of that coin, difficult matchups, a running back who may struggle. Yeah, guys that I'm not crazy about this week. I don't hate the player. I hate the matchup. And then... You talk about that Bengals-Buffalo matchup. Joe Mixon, just 11 for 17 last week against San Francisco. Doesn't seem like he's 100% healthy. That offensive line has really struggled. And since the beginning of last year, the Bills allowed the six fewest yards per carry before first contact. It's a good front seven in Buffalo. I don't know if they're going to be able to protect him. I'm worried about Joe Mixon. I have him outside my top 15 this week. 
Yeah, you know what? Tyrell Williams has had a terrific start, obviously, replacing Antonio Brown as the number one wide receiver there. But I think you see Xavier Rhodes on him as well. Minnesota, since the beginning of last year, has allowed the third fewest deep, the third lowest, I should say, deep completion percentage. They defend the deep ball really, really well here. So Tyrell Williams, despite the hot start, I would lower expectations. I'm outside my top 20. Oh, Jared Goff on the list. Look, Jared Goff struggles on the road. And so tough with picking quarterbacks for the, quote, hate list because they're so good here. But Goff, 20th in yards per attempt this year, 22nd in touchdown percentage. We know the Browns get pressure really well, right? They're third in pressure percentage this year. Goff, for his career, when he is under pressure, is a bottom 12 touchdown percentage rate. So it's just not a guy that reacts well to pressure. My expectation on the road at Cleveland, big crowd Sunday night. I think they try to run and go conservative here. I don't think Goff has a big game outside my well, top ten. I, I think the Browns still have a point to prove. I understand they got the win on Monday night against the Jets, but they didn't look great. They did not look so good at all. So we have not seen a very solid Browns team yet, so yeah. perhaps they're gunning for it. Matthew Barry, thank you. Thanks, Wendy. We'll see you back next week. If you don't know what it is, you've been missing out. All 32 teams represented by a ping pong ball. No, bingo, but whatever they are. These balls. Both of them. Uh, yeah, the, all of that. And you <laughs> keep pick going, one. Steve Young is here. He's the star. And we'll, we'll pick one of these. And then Steve Young no. will talk about the quarterback. Especially Although I can't really do it. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it clearly, but I'm going to keep working on it. All right, JoJo, you're up first. Oh, JoJo. All right, Steve, wow. I'm going to hit you up. We're going to go left oh. and scramble. I mean, let, let me do my popcorn okay. twirl here. Let me and do it, guys. All right. Go the other way. And now we're going to go yep. here. And then. There you go. All right. We have got the Steelers. Which means Mason Rudolph this particular time around. Where's Steve? Steve? I I, I like him. There you go. You got me? Yeah, there you go. We got you on Boots Mobile. I like him. There's something happened. Look, I've said for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, they've underperformed to what they could have been. They should have had a... A multiple Super Bowl run in the last four or five years, and they got nothing out of it. Not nothing, but let's just face it, they didn't get all the way. They should have. And so now it's kind of a reconstruction period. And so Mason Knight steps into a situation where I think the whole organization is thinking about reconstructing. He's the answer going forward. I think you got you got to think about it that way because you just don't know what Big Ben's going to do. So I believe by the end of the season, you're going to say Mason Rudolph, you say, he's pretty good. He you did know, a good job. You know I don't know what? how great, but I mean, it's not going to be a fi- it's not going to be a complete failure, and it's possible that as they get new leadership and uh, this vacuum that's created by Ben not being in the locker room, that there's these new leaders that show up, and something really positive happens. Steve, I agree. I don't know if you saw. They are my 0-2 team that I think has the best possibility of turning things around personally because I think they they really saw something in Mason Rudolph. Who's picking? Who's picking next? I'm next. I'm a little nervous, but we'll Again. see. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Every team has. I'm excited. I'm okay. excited. A ball in there. Give me somebody good. Come on. Come on. Who do we got? Oh! Wow. That's a big with this one. KC, my guy. Nice. Oh, wait, he's everybody's guy. Every time I get a good quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He's my guy right now. Rob Victor, I don't I mean honestly. You know, when, when Dan Reno retired at 61,000 plus yards, I'm like, no one will ever touch that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Drew Brees is 75 right now and, and adding. I, I got to feel like maybe Patrick Mahomes is a 100,000-yard guy. Like, mm-hmm. is that where this is going to end up and how he plays? It's amazing how he can, you know, struggle for a quarter and then four throws It's 28 nothing game's over. And I don't know, there's been people like that. Dan was that way. But, I mean, the explosiveness 
of what he does. I, how do you guys feel about it? It's crazy to me. No, I think you're right. I think when you watch him play, just it, it's the explosion in the way that he plays. Like you said, he can go kind of just lull, lull you on first, second quarter, have a quarter where it's not good, and then third quarter he's got three touchdowns, and the game is completely out of reach. So he's a special quarterback, a special player, and, and I don't think 100,000 is out of reach for him. It's insane. I it's agree. insane the bar that has been set for Patrick All right, Mahomes. here we go. Okay. That's a good shuffle I got yeah. there. Oh, oh, no, oh. no, not It must not have been so such a good quarterback <laughs> pick on. that it fell out of the bingo machine, <laughs> oh and it is the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen. And Josh Two Allen. Two and out Buffalo Bills. They beat it's my the, Giants last It's, the, it's the ping pong that ball true. that actually has a loaded sand at the end, so it pops out. That's why we wanted to talk Bills. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, you, you got to believe that they have. that's an explosive player as well. And he's also – I think they can do more. With, they, they're trying to they're trying to teach him NFL quarterback, like, don't run around to him. Don't get hurt. Don't – you know, last year you were nuts. You know, that's not going to play well over 10 years. In some ways, I don't want him to be a kept quarterback early. He needs to be himself, and I think it's, they've done a nice job of balancing that. But I think Josh Allen can move around more than you realize at his size. And I think they should take more advantage of that because as they get into later in the season, is this possible that the Bills are a playoff team? Ah! I think Josh Allen, let him go all the way. And just to piggyback that real quick, I got to watch him against the Giants last week, and all I kept saying was like, Josh Allen's a big boy. Yeah, he is. And he He's moves huge. very well to be that big. I like it. Kept quarterback. Steve, one quick question before you go. Just tell the truth. Is quarterback bingo the highlight of your week? <laughs> you can be honest. I, 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 like, I literally get like Twitter paid. I'm like, I get a little sweaty. I'm like, what the, what's the, what's oh the ball going to come out? What, what's going to happen? <laughs> JoJo, pick, pick the 49ers. It's the only one I know anything about. Next time I got you, big dog. Uh, okay. I got you. I sort of got that feeling, so I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. See you soon. Right. Thanks, Steve. Meanwhile, Robert Quinn is set to return from suspension. That means the Cowboys had a roster decision to make, and so in doing so, they have cut ties with Taco Charleston. Charlton. Uh, the Cowboys had looked to trade him, but with that out of the picture, they are moving on. Here is Todd Archer. There's one area the Cowboys have a little bit of a concern about in their 2-0 start. It's the pass rush. They have just two sacks in two games. Robert Quinn's return from suspension comes at a good time. Quinn has 69 sacks in his career and had six and a half for Miami last season. But how ready will he be? His training camp was cut short because of a broken hand that required surgery, and he'll have just one padded practice leading into the game. Quinn said he'll be prepared for whatever the Cowboys need him to do, 10 snaps or 50 snaps. He said his hand is healed, and he believes his conditioning work away from the team has him ready for action. At his first game with the Cowboys comes against a team that traded him to Dallas? Well, that doesn't mean much. He said he doesn't want to get overworked or overhyped about himself leading into this game. Plus, he added... A lot of the guys he played with on the Dolphins aren't even there anymore. Todd, thank you. Elsewhere, Jamal Adams is less than pleased after he was fined more than $21,000 for a roughing the passer penalty on Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. He is known as a hard hitter, but has not been heavily penalized or fined during the course of his career. So he had this to say via social media about said fine. This league is a damn joke. I just got fined 21000 for this hit. I signed up to play football and two-hand, not two-hand touch. I don't give a you-know-what about these soft rules protecting quarterbacks. I'm going to play my brand of football every time I step on the field, and I believe he is shaking his head. Rob, our resident defender here, 
Uh, did the hit is out of your shirt? I'm, I'm angry right now. All right, go, that go. is a ridiculous flag. Mm-hmm. One step, ball's thrown, hit. Okay, fourth down punt. No flag. 15-yard penalty, $21,000 fine. Look, when the quarterback gets up and taps you on the head like, hey, that was yeah, thanks, good hit. Absolutely. He, it's not a violent, malicious hit. He didn't headhunt. He, just, he didn't try and hurt him. He didn't try to take him out of the game. Baker gets up. Yeah, good hit, man. Good hit. And then he, he's on. He's going on. He's <laughs> that like, a yeah, boy. That yeah, a boy. boy. Thank you. And then, and guess what? There's a flag on top of this. Right. I hate it because guess what? It's inconsistent. It's not across the board. When you look at all these games, there's hits that should be flagged, and then there's hits that are flagged that shouldn't be flagged, and then there's no flags at all. So it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing as as refs? What are we doing? And I you think- can't play favoritism. You know, like okay, Tom's. Older, he's forty something years old. He's playing let's football. Pro- let's protect like, him don't, more. Don't, because, don't, don't you know? hit the quarterback now. Yeah. But then, look, it's taken away the, the that advantage as a defender when you're trying to sack somebody and you get him on the ground. I got a big six eight three hundred twenty pound guy trying to block me, so I don't get to the quarterback. And then when I do beat him, trying to get him on the ground, I got oh, what do I put my hands? I can't right. touch his face. I got to stay in a certain strike zone here. It's it's so hard. It's virtually yeah. impossible. Amazing. Here's it, the thing. I know it's not a, a legitimate stat, but it is hard to believe it was malicious when you see Baker say, give him yeah, the whole, exactly. you like, know, good old boy. Are we going too far with this? I, I think so, especially with this one specifically, because once Baker comes out of that pocket, he's a runner. Right. He's and, a runner. And Jamal Adams so, is coming to treat him as a runner, yes. and that's why you hit him and that way. And we've seen quarterbacks do this all the time. They get out of the pocket, and what do they do? They turn it up the field and yeah. put their head down and try mm-hmm. and gain a couple more Wouldn't yards. Wouldn't that be amazing if the NFL actually retracted the fine and said we were wrong? They won't do that. Wow, it would be. Now, that that would be newsworthy. Don't hold your breath. Set a precedent. We're going to make our game picks, but we'll start with Steve Young. Well, I picked the Chicago Bears tonight. I am going to say Bears are going to win this 23 to 25. I'm going with the Bears. I'm going to say the Bears win 30 to 24. We are either all going to be right or we are all going to be wrong. Every Single time we agree when it's unanimous. And we are all incorrect. So I'm going Panthers 20-10 over the Bucks. Well, I picked Carolina tonight over Tampa Bay 31-17. And I'm going with Carolina. I'm going Carolina <laughs> Panthers as well. We're all in trouble because I'm taking Carolina too. Wow. Maybe tonight is tonight. Is terrible. <laughs> all right. That's not good. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We are 0-10 through two weeks. I mean. This is embarrassing. Ironically, can only go up. Who's going to make the playoffs? That's right. It's time for making smarter decisions informed by IBM Watson. Watson's projection system see Derrick Henry as a risky play tonight. The Titans running back has a high projection of just over 18 points, which ranks 16th among running backs. Oh my goodness! Let's get off this. Let's get off the skid here. Steve Young will pick first, and he's he's right there with us. He's been wrong too. Steve, who you got tonight? Well, I have the Titans 24-23. I, I think it's a desperation game for the Jags. But I think the Titans, if you look at over the season, I suspect that you've got a much more solid group of people in a solid locker room in, in Tennessee. And I think that Marcus Mariotti will play well. I just think they're going to pull this game out. But you're going to see a desperate Jacksonville Jaguar team. All right, and I am going with the Tennessee Titans. I saw how that defense played the Browns in week one, so I know I feel like they're going to lock down the Jaguars. I still feel like they can get on the board with Derrick Henry and Marcus Mariota can get going, so 24-10 Titans. 
And I'm going with the Titans. 24-17. Uh-oh. Run the <laughs> Here we go again. Run, Run the ball. Here we go again. Looking like a curse. I remember at Jacobs. He was yeah. a pretty big back. Very he was true. a big boy. He ran the, they Very ran the true. football. So I think that Tennessee, to be successful, they have to run the football tonight. I'm going with the Titans as well, 21-10. I think that running game that you alluded to is going to be great, but I think Marcus Mariota is going to run this team the way he's supposed to and give this team a victory. Listen, if for no other reason that we cannot agree again and we cannot all be wrong again, I'm going to go to the oh, Jets. Wendy went against the The referees have apologized to the Jets. Oh, they really? are throwing that flag. So the, there you go. Are they paying the fine? Are they paying the fine? Pay the fine, yeah. refs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>